Good morning, everybody. This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to your day. Let's get into it. So I was scanning the headlines yesterday, and the shit looked really grim. I mean, it was really bleak. Crime, I don't know where you guys live, but where I live, crime is out of control. And this is where it's important when you When you start electing people who've never held office before or never did that particular role before, it can get super dangerous. So here in St. Louis City, there was a prosecuting, what is she called, a circuit attorney, and she just resigned under all of this controversy. And I don't understand what took her so long. She obviously not a civil servant, obviously not a public servant. She did not seem to care much about the public. Um, she mostly seemed to care. She was like Trump, you know, she mostly seemed to care about herself and her narcissism and didn't seem to want to take any responsibility for the skyrocketing crime. No, police officers and prosecutors do not prevent crime, but they properly, uh, remove people from society that are dangerous. That's the job. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it and they don't want to be a part of it. They're not going to snitch and all that. But the criminal justice system, it works. And it's designed to to stabilize communities by taking people who are not stable out of the community. You know, if someone gets on a bus and just shoots 45 people, that's a problem. Something needs to be done with that person. I'm not saying that, that prisons are the answer to everything, but until we have a better solution, a real solution and real rehabilitation, you got to put them somewhere. They cannot remain out in public. And all of this, uh, you know, we're going to create a better society. Well, they're already here right now wreaking havoc. So what are you going to do with them? And if you want to rehab something, rehab prisons. There are people who go in prison and come out better. So make that the norm. But there are people who need to be dealt with and you, you, you risk everything that other people have built if they don't feel safe. They're not going to stay in your city. They're going to leave in droves. They're going to go move to safer neighborhoods. They're going to uh, find better schools for their kids. And, you know, in a real way, St. Louis is just a, a small Detroit. And you cannot tell me that George Soros did not uh, foresee any of this. And Democrats have a bad habit of just dismissing somebody because the Republicans have an issue with them or it's an issue and Republicans brought it up. So Democrats won't listen, which is silly. You know, uh, there's something not right about this guy and the fact that he would just pour all this money into these races where people were taking office that had no experience. You can see it in Philadelphia, you can see it in Los Angeles, you can see it in San Francisco. San Francisco got rid of their guy. That's the most liberal place in the world. And people are afraid of the crime, you know? And it's just, it's gotten untenable. And when you read the headlines, and I do suggest you read the headlines, especially about, you know, concerning where you live. I am really alarmed at the number of people that don't even glance at the news. Like, they have no idea what's going on. And you can tell because that's why things aren't getting done. That's why no one's being held accountable, because no one's paying attention. And I do think that's all by design. 
Because if you're distracted, that means you're not focused. If you're not focused on the facts, then people can just do whatever they want. You know, they can, uh, if you're not going to hold anybody accountable and just show up for these rando press conferences and smile and stuff, then yeah, you can get away with murder, like literally. It's sad. We need to be more engaged as a community, as a society. Um, We need to be more plugged in. And I'm not talking woke. I'm talking being aware of what's going on in your surroundings because this stuff affects you and your family. And I'm telling you, everybody feels some kind of way until they're the victim. Then they want then they want all the justice in the world. And it's like, okay, well, justice requires your participation. That's a quote from one of my great, great friends. So anyway, uh, pay attention to what's going on. And, you know, it's okay to be excellent at your job. And right now we are suffering from mediocrity and uh, a lack of accountability. So that's kind of depressing. Anyway, over the weekend, I watched Secession. I don't know how to say this show. I'm sorry the writer strike is going on. I hope it gets resolved quickly. I mean, I'm sure I, I wear both hats. Like, I'm a business owner, but I'm also an entrepreneur. And, you know, the idea that you don't pay people fairly is completely fucked up and foreign to me. I don't understand that. Um, equal pay. I don't understand why a man can hold the exact same job and still get paid more than a woman. Um, That bothers me. All of that bothers me, and I hope everything gets resolved. As a business owner, I understand, you know, uh, they want to cut costs. And unfortunately, writing talent is usually one of those areas where they think they can get by. And now with this AI, you cannot tell me there's not a studio head right now who's asking someone, okay, Get what kind of AI can we use to start writing these scripts? And, uh, you know, the, the issue right now with AI, and I used it. I have been using it for a long time. Uh, and the thing with AI right now is it's just like life. If you ask really good questions, you'll get really good answers. If your questions aren't good, you're not going to get good answers. So, you know, I think there's room for both things to exist. This is sort of like when television came along and the movies were like, oh shit, we're over. This TV thing is going to take over the world. But there were still people who loved to go to the movies, who still love movies. And you can put me in that line. I love film. I've dedicated a good chunk of my life to thinking about it and wanting to participate in it. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I hope that uh, everything can work out equitably for everybody. But, you know, I hate to say it, but writers are looking really replaceable right now. And I'm a writer, so that's scary. But we're we're in scary times. The, the key to being in scary times, though, is to not be afraid and to be effective. Because right now we're entering uncharted territory. This is uh, uncharted. Is it uncharted or uncharted? In Whatever. We're in areas where we've never been before. And people should be, you know, paying attention. We're about to have, or we have, more uh, people in their 70s and 80s than we've ever had in the history of this country. And 
you know, I keep reading all these statistics about people, you know, so and so, this many people left the area. This many, everything is about to contract. So these grabby headlines, they're not helpful. Everything's going to be smaller. There's just not going to be as many people. The only thing, the only numbers that are going to rise are illness, uh, people who need health care, uh, people who who will need uh, help um, because there's going to just be so many people consuming and not producing anymore. The job shortages are because there's these people retired. They realize I myself know like 10 people who've retired. You know, it's like that's a lot of people. They are leaving the workforce and COVID sort of just pushed them on out the door. And they're like, you know what? I don't have to work this hard anymore. I don't want to work this hard anymore. And they earn the right to retire. So it's going to be challenging and it's going to be a little scary. Everybody's going to be a little on edge because we don't know what's going to happen. We've never had this upside down of a, of a society in America. And then, you know, you got the other nonsense and chaos going on with with finances, and I'm not sure what they're doing. I know that interest rates were low for an incredibly long time, but it seems very odd that a Democrat would try to serve somebody their medicine. That's just not what Democrats do. And Joe is he's just so old, and he's speaking at Howard for the graduation, by the way, which is cool. He's still too old, but that's a good get for us. But you know. I, I don't understand completely what's going on. He's got super low approval ratings. Uh, Kamala Harris doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in people that she could run. I mean, in fact, I don't even know what has been the signature of her vice presidency. Um, I don't know. But we have to figure it out. We have to figure out what's going on, and you just have to decide. You know, ultimately, politicians just do what they do. They don't really affect your daily life, right? They do and they don't. And at the end of the day, we the people will have to save ourselves. No one's coming to save us. And, you know, I still can't believe Russia is still trying to take over Ukraine Ukraine, kudos to them because they they fought. I don't. I think they just were like, we're gonna take this punk ass country, and they were like, punk ass, and they have fought. It's been over a year, which lets you know that Russia wasn't prepared for this war, and that they were probably launching the war for reasons we couldn't understand. Same the way, same way it was when Trump decided to run for president. He does not have presidential aspirations. I think he was trying to stay out of jail and, uh, you know, give his brand a boost. So we'll see. Like I said, we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell everything. So you just have to make sure you're doing what's right in, in the best interest, really, of your family and what you all are trying to accomplish and what your goals are. And I did not come here to be a caregiver and work these little jobs and do all these little things I've had to do to survive. I did come here to thrive, and I do believe I came here to make movies and tell stories and tell the truth and be a truth seeker and share my perspective with the world. I'm able to do a lot of that through this podcast, but I have so much more talent, and I look forward to sharing it with the world. I really do. I feel like 
you know, times are uncertain, but but you can still win. And I feel like it's time to uh, take a chance, take a leap, do something different. So that's my story. And uh, I, you, of course, as long as I'm doing this podcast, you'll know what I'm up to. Um, but yeah, you know, I've started a lot of things. I've finished a lot of things. Work has been very, very all consuming. Uh, and as you all know, the caregiving has just kind of, you know, it's taken over this podcast. It's taken over everything. But I want you guys to be aware. Uh, those are my honest reactions when I wake up in the morning. Those podcasts where I'm launching and teeing off on the medical field and insurance companies. And I mean, this is about to be brutal. It's real. And I don't know a lot of people who are talking about it. You know, someone sent me a podcast about young people being caregivers, like Gen Z people. Yeah. Well, Gen X is out here doing it, too. And it's going to be even more of us. And we live in such a soft society where everybody, you know, is so worried and upset and, you know, everybody wants to be included. I, there are times when everybody's not going to be included. And that's going to be the least of your worries. And I know a lot of people are going to go head to these hospitals and they're going to be like, they're not helping us because they're racist. No, they're not helping you because they can't help you. The, the information, the knowledge, the beds, none of that is going to be there for you and your loved ones. You are going to have to take a crash course in caregiving. You know, do I want to know how to properly put somebody on the toilet so they actually go to the toilet and not on the floor? No, nah, I can't say that was something I was wanting to learn, but I've learned how to do it. I've learned that CBD helps my mom with her sundowners. Does the FDA approve it? No. But do I care? No. Because I spent months and months and months being awake all night trying to get her to get back in the bed. And and like I'm telling you, or like I told you, it's not peaceful. It's not like, oh, I'm awake. Oh, okay, I'll get back. No, it's like, I don't got to listen to you. You're not my mother. You need to go to hell. I wish you, fuck you, get, get away from me. Da-da. It's that. Who wants to fight with an 85-year-old woman in the middle of the night? Well, she's 86 now, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not peaceful. That's not restful. And then I have to get up and go to work? Drop the mic. That's bullshit. I'm telling you, everybody's worried about microaggressions or whatever. But it's like, this. wait till you have to deal with this stuff. And it may not be your mom. It may be your grandma. It may be your aunt. It may be your dad. It may be your father-in-law. But it's coming for your family. I hope it doesn't. But it's coming for your family. And it's coming for your society. Everybody's going to know somebody who has to figure out what to do with their senior. It's going to be something. So anyway, I was starting to say I watched Secession, which was fantastic, by the way. This show is about a bunch of horrible people. The, you know the show is well done because nobody in the cast is, uh, well, the cast is great, but nobody, none of the characters are good people. They're all awful sycophants, but uh, they're eminently watchable, and the casting was spectacular, and I just really enjoy um, what they've built there. 
And it's very British because they, they have a super cold sense of humor and a weird family dynamic. And uh, it's a a good show. I mean, it's an acquired taste, but it's very uh, sophisticated and very well written. Uh, And so I'm glad that we'll be able to finish the season uh, before the writer's strike started. So if you get a chance, if you really are looking for something smart and kind of awful, (laughs) it's very well done. But the people are awful. Uh, The characters are just grade A turds of humans. But they are fun to watch. So if you get a chance you want something different, Secession is, is really entertaining. Um, I'm really enjoying the Tupac, um, the Tupac Dear Mama on uh, Hulu. But it's, it comes on FX. Um, but it's very, very good. And what I like about it, now, don't get me wrong, I am not friends with Tupac. I did not know Tupac. I met him. And I remember his energy and his hands. And we were at a club together. This was before he was super huge. But he liked, I think he wound up liking more than one of my friends. But he really liked one of my friends. He And he just, just had a beeline for her, you know. And he just saw her and was like, you could just tell he was a guy that loved girls and his hands were really soft like my mom's and I was like this dude I'm not getting thug energy from him and when you watch that docuseries you start to feel like he created a persona and a role and he got trapped by it I think he really did want to be a community savior and he really did want to step up and and you know uh he held a lot of those black panther principles in his spirit but he also grew up very poor and very unstable and very uh, like their family life they moved around constantly he didn't fit in everywhere he moved into and you know, he had this name that he had to explain to everybody. And it's just fascinating. He's nuanced. And I remember when I was working about 20 years ago, and I said to somebody, like, Tupac wasn't a thug. And he his resistance to that idea, you know, it was a young brother who loved hip-hop. And, you know, uh, basically Tupac and Biggie had been, you know, enshrined by the way that they died. And uh, he was like... Uh, wait a minute. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. I met the guy. He didn't seem like a thug. And I think he realized that that was going to make him money. Then getting with Suge was like the worst thing they could ever do. If you get a chance, uh, he shouldn't. It, that was just a bad idea. And I, it, it's clearly explained why he did it. But um, yeah. And I'll be curious. It wraps up, I think, the last episode is coming on next week. Uh, it's five episodes. It's very, very well done. Very thoughtful. Good job, Alan Hughes. Uh, and Charles D. King. So, and all the other people who are producing it. But those are the two names that uh, pop out. And the last thing I'm going to talk about are these Menendez brothers. Now, I think this is also on Hulu. They've got a documentary. Turns out that the... Um, They have a docuseries. I watched the first episode, and it turns out that their dad molested other boys, including the boy from Menudo. There's a, 
I don't know if you guys remember Menudo. I remember Menudo because I thought they were all so cute. But apparently there's some connection between Jose Menendez and the child molester who was running fucking Menudo. Like literally, he was having sex with Menudo with these little boys. Dear God, man. Same as Lou Pearlman. All these dudes who get together little boy groups, is it just to groom them for for child molesting? Horrible. Anyway, the Menendez brothers, if you're not aware, the um, brothers who shot Eric and Lyle, who shot their parents in the back of the head with shotguns, and everybody thought it was just to get their money. And that's fine. I don't understand how they think confirming that their father was a child molester means they're going to get out of prison for murder. It doesn't justify it. It explains it. But there are many things you can do besides take a shotgun to the back of someone's head. You could call the police. You could, and these were, these boys were big. Like you could move out, you know, you could, um, definitely involved in the authorities. You could have gone to the newspaper. You could have done a lot of things. I'm not sure why you think you should not be in prison because you decided to put a shotgun to your parents' heads. Um, it does explain more what happened, and you get that story out there, and that's great, but you just can't take guns and shoot people in the head, even if they have done something to you, even if they're molesting you for your whole life. The only time that could be called in my opinion, called um, self-defense is if one brother walked in while this guy was raping his other, his younger brother and he decided to shoot him to get him off of him. That's the only way you get self-defense. So I think the Menendez brothers, while your story is riveting and this, this Menudo element is really disturbing, it just makes you question everything uh, about, you know, the entertainment industry, boy bands. Anytime you see something you like, it's someone exploiting someone else, you know, to do it. And, you know, uh, this is where we are in a society where people have to ask better questions. So thankfully, everybody's all the same race. So we don't have to pretend like this is racism. Uh, but there are kinds of people who prey on other people. And you need to stop worrying about what race they are and be concerned about what kind of person they are. There are people who will just prey on you. And they don't care if you're the same background. It's Darwinian out here, man. They just don't care. The, the, the weak get exploited by stronger people. There's no racial loyalty out here. They all, every one of these men are Latina and they raped the hell out of these little boys. And when you hear the Menudo guy, Roy, when you hear him talk, I mean, it's horrible. He's still in that room getting raped repeatedly by these men. He was only in a group three years and it was the best thing that ever happened to his family for the money, but the worst thing that ever happened to him because he was, he was penetrated many, many times by the guy who was in charge of Menudo. And that's the reason why everybody aged out the group. He wanted people under 16 in the group, boys. This is a sick, sick world. There are some sick people out here. And here's the thing. We have to believe that these people are sick and they have to be dealt with. 
I don't understand or know what the, the solution is, but I know they need to be put in prison and put away from other people and rehabilitated to the best of of the capabilities that we can we can implement. I don't know. I don't know the answers, but I know we need to start having these conversations. The volume of grown-ass people who want to have sex with children is disturbing. Very disturbing. And then, like, you know, because you're poor, they can just exploit you. And that is basically the crux of what's going on on YouTube with Puffy. Like, all these artists, he exploited, allegedly. And it's like, God damn. It is literally the Game of Thrones out here. And here's the thing. You're either playing the game or the game is playing you, whether you're aware of it or not. So I'm suggesting that you become aware and you figure out, you know, how you're going to play and how you're going to win. Because everybody's so siloed off, you know, that we're not paying attention to the collective messaging here. You know, because if you're gay, then you're worried about gay issues. If you're black, you're worried about black issues. If you're a woman, you're worried about... Listen, there are good people and there are not good people. And we need to be concerned about just that alone. Because there's someone out there who will not only rape your grandma. I have proof of that. And I also know that there are people out there who will rape a three-year-old. And that's problematic. Yeah. So anyway, if you get a chance to check it out, it's on Hulu, the Menendez Brothers. I don't think you should get out of prison for that. You made choices. You weren't little boys. Um, Trauma doesn't make it right. Trauma doesn't make it legal for sure. All right, everybody, have an amazing day. Be your best. I've talked longer than I thought I would, but I really wanted to touch on these things. So, uh, yeah, have an amazing Tuesday. We're already at May 9th. Yipes. So let's get it. Let's go. Let's go. Have a great day.